Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. All right, good day, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Rotafest Detail Memoirs, our Business 101 series. I'm Jody. I'm I'm Rod. And hey, hey, Prentice. Prentice, Prentice uh, what, what you're oh, on there, buddy. You're supposed to be joining us. I was filing some receipts from last year. I've got to do my taxes for 2021 still. Oh uh-huh. yeah, the the dread dreaded taxes. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that kind of gets to be a challenging thing this time of year because all of a sudden you're putting together receipts and trying to find them and digging through shoeboxes and uh, doing the punches, trying to figure out where you really lined up in your accounting to give to your tax guy. Yeah, that could be a bit of a challenge. Can be. So we're going to talk about bookkeeping and accounting today, and it's a it's a lofty subject, um, and I will tell you right away for those of you that are pretty new in the business, uh, don't freak out. There's some really simple ways that you can start getting your information together um, so that you can take advantages of the, the, the tax breaks that are available to you and understand how your business is running, really, because that's what bookkeeping is all about. It's about keeping records of your income and your expenses um, so that you can figure out how much money you're making and uh, figure out where you need to focus your efforts mm-hmm. to make more money in certain areas. So, um, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to start with a big fancy, uh, you know, software, you know, the typical bookkeeping softwares that are out there. Shoot, it could be, again, pencil and paper. We talked about that with keeping customer records on the last podcast, it's got to start somewhere. You can't just go day to day uh, running through your business and figuring, thinking that, yeah, I got a handle on it. I know how much I'm paying. I know how much I'm making. Do you really? You probably don't. You know, uh, over the years, I've sat down with a number of people who are kind of young in the business and and uh, and some people that weren't necessarily that young and they've been working for a long time, but they're trying to t- figure out how to take it to the next level. And you sit down and you start calculating how much money they're making per hour. And it's like, dude, you might as well go work at 7-Eleven. It's a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. And for if the amount of money you're, you're ending up with. So, but if you're not keeping records of all that, you, you can't, there's no way you can know. There's just no way you can know for sure. Right. And I think one of the biggest challenges, especially when you're just starting out, right? You're keeping every little receipt and you throw them in a shoebox and I had a really good conversation with uh, a CPA out of New York. And she goes, look, don't bring me your shoebox. Please invest in a system that's going to help you the entire year with all of your bookkeeping and accounting. And if you can't do that, <laughs> excuse me, at least hire a bookkeeper right. to help you. Because if you bring me a shoebox... 
of receipts and you're going to ask me to go through it, uh, my fee just doubled. Yeah, and the fees can get quite expensive, especially for a business. So however you're tracking that, the key, like Prentice said, is that you've got to be able to track it. So, so this is one of those areas that I am very passionate about. I actually wear the hat of the CFO of this company. Um, I've handled million-dollar budgets for the last 20-some years. Um, I used to work at a big corporate place where I was uh, – sounds really awesome. It is not as impressive as it sounds, but I was fourth from the top of this large multi-billion dollar um, semiconductor wow. manufacturing company. And I had million dollar budgets all over the planet. So the key to that is that, A, it's just numbers. <clears throat> so stop being nervous about it. I don't care if you're making $60,000 a year or if you're making $600 million a year, it's just zeros. And it's no different in tracking what you're doing on a $60,000 a year business and a $600,000 a year business. Just more dollars. It's just more dollars. But you have to track, like Prentice said, you've got to track the income and the expenses and what counts as an expense. Um, one of the things we really tell people to do is make sure that you are covering your costs. If you're not, if you're not charging for your, uh, your pieces of equipment, or if you're not charging for your rags, if you're not charging for your products, no matter how insignificant, how are you paying yourself? Right. That's a really important. That's a really important concept, and and that's the concept I call uh, value, because there's there's more to you to to the detailed charge than just the time that you spend on the car. There's the value you bring to the situation. So, for example, when somebody says, "Boy, that interior detail of, of yours is pretty darn expensive," and I say, "Well, yeah, that's because I'm bringing about ten thousand dollars worth of equipment to bear on your car, mm -hmm. okay?" And not to mention the years of experience, but you know, and let's say that my equipment uh, makes it easier for me to get the job done faster. That doesn't mean I'm going to charge less for the time. Nope. That means I'm going to charge actually probably quite a bit more for the time because I'm saving time, but still bringing about the same uh, level of result. So for example, if somebody washes their own car on a Saturday morning, the typical car owner, how long are they gonna take? Four hours, five hours? And, and it's still yep. not gonna be done that great. It takes a long time. I can come in and get, get in and out of there, you know, if it's just me in maybe an hour, and that car looks absolutely spectacular. But I'm not, I'm not gonna charge them for one hour's worth of work, I'm charging them for four hours worth of work, right? right. Makes sense. Okay, so that's there's that value piece. So let me step back a little bit or go up to thirty thousand feet. There's two concepts that you've got to understand with the numbers and the money in your business. The first one is straight bookkeeping, keeping records right. of your expenses and your income. All right. Anything that you spend that helps your business that's an expense and any money you make from your business that's income you've got to keep records on both of those yes you definitely want to keep your receipts your receipts you know if if you're audited and we're not going to get audited but at least you've got them in case you need them you can go back to those and there's some real simple ways to organize those i put mine in manila folders it's not that difficult i've got one for auto expense I've got one for uh, bank statements. I've got one for um, cost of goods sold, and we'll talk about what that is later. I've got one for, uh, you know, that could be, or you could just call it detail supplies, whatever you want to call it. Uh, subcontractors, I've got legal and, and professional fees. So anything having to do with compliance, 
Uh, anytime I talk to a CPA or an attorney, I got to pay some money. All those, all those receipts go in there. Right. Meals and entertainment. You know, if you're taking customers out or, or, or taking somebody to a concert and it's business related, a buddy of mine is a PDR guy and we take each other to concerts a couple of times a year and that's a business expense. Uh, uh, and then there's, you know, payroll, payroll's in a different category and travel. If you're traveling to different events around the country, all that travel, if it's related to your business is, is deductible. Right. So, and the same with like things like software. So when you talk about whether they have, you know, whether you're using QuickBooks or, you know, just an accountant or you hire a bookkeeper, or if you're using RotoFS, all of those are a business expense. Right. Because they allow you to do your business, just like if you're going out and buying T-shirts and hats. Those your are mobile, a business yeah. expense. Your, so, your advertising, your mobile communications devices, your right. your office expenses. Do you, you know? Do you print stuff in your office? Do you have to buy a laptop for your business? Uh, do you need paper? You know, it all goes into that office expense category, and all those receipts, I just throw them in Manila folders based on what category they go in. So at right. least it's organized. And sometimes you got to find a receipt. Like, dang, the printer broke. You know, and I got to yeah. find that and, and take it back to, to whatever the store is that I bought it. Well, you've got yeah. at least it's semi-organized. That's your bookkeeping. And then you can translate that into numbers on a piece of paper. You can have different categories. Um, you know, it, it, it starts with your, your ledger and just writing out the columns of your expenses, advertising, car and truck, commission and fees, contract labor, depreciation, insurance, legal and professional fees, office expense rent or lease, repairs and maintenance, supplies, taxes and licenses, travel, all those things, utilities. So, and you need to keep records of all those, um, whether it's with paper or pencil or using some kind of fancy bookkeeping software, or even just on Excel, you know, at least something that totals it up for you. You don't have to total up. Now, one thing about keeping those records of those expenses that I've recently adopted, uh, I have a, a credit card that gives me crazy points. And uh, what I do is I charge everything I possibly can on that credit card. And then I get the statement at the end of the month and I like paper. So I put it down on paper and I sit there with a pencil and I write, that's M&E, meals and entertainment. That's T for travel. That's D for <laughs> two. That's, and I write it down. And instead of entering each one of those in, I take up the total for that month and say, that's how much I spent on office equipment. Right. That's how much spent I spent on subcontracting. So it's very simple at that point. And if I have to go back, the only time you're going to have to go back is if you're audited and you're not going to get audited. And even if you do, at least you can go back to the receipts and say, oh, yeah, well, these were that's the breakdown of all those expenses. Right. But I used to enter every single one of those in QuickBooks uh, one at a time. And it's, it's stupid. You don't have to do that. Take monthly totals, throw it in there, and then you can get your profit and loss statement. Right. And you can do the same thing. Your, it your, go ahead. Matter doesn't matter what size of a company you are, you can do the same thing. And people don't understand, talk to your tax advisor about this in your area, but there's R&D credits, you know, and there's reasons you need those R&D credits. So can I write off the training I just did to learn how to do XYZ as an R&D credit? So look into those things, because if you're not tracking that stuff somehow, you can't write it off and you've got to be able to audit that. So let's say you spend $3,500, you go to a week long training, you learn how to do paint correction in Big Bear, California. Find out because you can use that as an expense. And expenses are helpful. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Not only do you gain knowledge, but you can also use it to help raise your prices. So there's a number of reasons you want to do that. And this is down to the mundane stuff like, you know, tchotchkes and giveaways and keychains yes. and floor mats and everything has to be tracked. Now, um, I, 
I agree with you, Prentice. A lot of times people aren't going to get audited. As someone that has been audited twice in the last 12 years, I will tell you it happens. And if you have stellar records, you can cover your own butt, which I have stellar records. I can tell you what I spent 12 cents on in 2011 at any point in time. In fact, when the auditor walked in the door, she was very snarky. When she left, her tail was between her legs, and they owed me $69. Yes. <laughs> you can absolutely do this. And they do not have to be an accountant. You do not have to be a bookkeeper. Hire these people to do this. Yes. Stuff. You can you can hire out for this. This is one of those things where don't try to become an accounting expert if you don't have that background. Just bring somebody in that can do those sort of things. It's not a full-time job. Um, you yeah. can do it. You can have a, a part-time booker that comes in a couple of hours a, a week and right. does that. And then get a good accountant. I, everyone should have a really good accountant that takes care of you and keeps you in mind and wants you to succeed. And that that is a right. huge key to this is just having the correct people in mind. All of that is absolutely correct. I, I do want to say, though, if you're, if you're just starting out and uh, we don't want to overwhelm you okay number one i'm not a cpa no i'm not a fiduciary but these are just common practices in business and and number one don't get like you know oh my god i i'm i'm, I'm making two thousand dollars a month and now i gotta hire a bookkeeper no that's not the point in no. fact i think there's something to be said for doing the numbers yourself for a little while just so you know what it's all about and there's all kinds of uh very inexpensive or even free um, uh, classes on on accounting and basic bookkeeping, which I think everybody should go to. So you have an yeah. understanding of what numbers you should be putting in there. How, how do they work together? Um, mm. So, but then when you get to the point where, you know, if you're spending four or five, six hours a week doing bookkeeping, um, you need to hire that out so you can spend that time on on your business. You know, right. your, your bookkeeper is probably going to be a fraction of the hourly rate that you charge. Um, and they'll do a better job of it than you. And you, you're going to have to spend some time working with them and training them on how you like things, categories and all that. But that's going to save you a lot of time uh, when you're ready for that. And then what the bookkeeper is going to do is get everything organized so you can hand that file, that electronic file over to your CPA. And the CPA is the one that ca that crunches all the uh, make sure all the tax things are done correctly to submit your taxes. And yes, you do need a CPA. The first time I hired a CPA, I thought, man, this is going to be a lot of money. I think it was a total of, I want to say, 300 bucks back in 1997 or something. And I thought, gosh, this is a lot of money. Guess what? Dude found $450 that I wasn't looking out for. So it actually saved me money. And that's happened right. many, many times over in the, in the, in, in, over the years is, you know, I think I've got everything and they, they find stuff that I can't see. The other thing I would say is, and you're a big advocate of going to these leads groups in your area and everything is try to partner with someone that has those skills. You could, you could give away uh, a detail and in your spare time, do a detail for a CPA or a, uh, a bookkeeper and get advice from them. And it will pay dividends because not only will you have a happy customer that can give you a referral, but you can ask them the information. So I literally got off a phone call right before this podcast from a guy here in town that's a photographer. And he wants to meet with me next week to ask me some accounting questions about how he's keeping track of his mm -hmm. books. So just partner with somebody. I don't mind doing that for people. I wouldn't do it for him every week, but, but right. I don't mind answering a few questions for him at tax time about, you know, is this an expense? Is that an expense? Things like that. So do those it things. Really, that. 
It, yeah, it really pays to know people in that industry too. And that's one thing I love about the business networking groups is you've got also, it's not just people that are your sales force, but they're also people that you can consult with. And usually they'll answer a, a ton of questions for free. So, you know, how do I count my car? Um, mm -hmm. You know, do, do, does it have to be 100% um, used only for business? You know, how does that work? Do I do it by mileage or do I do it by expense? Um, you know, how about meals and entertainment? How, how do I count meals and entertainment? There's all kinds of little tricks that you can do that can cut down on your on your income bottom line. Like, for example, you know, I have a detail in progress as a corporation and getting incorporated is a whole different ballgame. But it, uh, years ago, it made more sense to be a corporation than it made sense to be a sole proprietor for the, for me, most, mostly for the tax purposes. I got tax benefits to do that. My wife is not actually one of the officers, but we can still have a board of directors meeting and go out to dinner once a month and talk about our schedules and talk about, you know, what's coming up and what's happening in the business. That's a legitimate meal and entertainment expense. So half of what we what we paid for comes right off the top. Um, a couple other things, machinery and equipment. If you're buying equipment, you need to be working with a CPA who understands how to depreciate that. You get take advantage of the depreciation. It's not a straight expense. It gets expense over several years, and you get tax benefits for for as long as that piece of machinery is supposed to be in in service. Right, and so, that's why you would want to yeah. go to a tax professional because right. there's a reasons that your tax professional would tell you, oh, on this expense we want to pull it all off this time. This one we're going to do depreciation, and there's right. definite reasons for both those. You buy a new polisher, it's three hundred bucks. That, that take that now. But if you're buying an extractor and a lift, and you've got five thousand. Piece they, of they may want to depreciate that over time. And yeah. it also depends on the type of corporation you are. So, for instance, you're mentioning you're a corporation. Some of those things, the way we've got our corporation set up, it comes out of our pocket. So we want those expenses. We want to we want to get our costs or we want to get our our profitability down to the lowest level so that it doesn't come out of our personal taxes. And there's reasons you do both of those. But again, you've got to have a tax professional behind you to set that up. Do you pay your taxes on a quarterly basis? Do you pay them right. on a yearly basis? That's stuff that you don't need to become an expert in. Go partner with somebody that has the CPA behind their name. That's the person you want to do that. Bookkeeping, right. that's a different topic. Bookkeeping is the day-to-day. -day. Jody and I went to- Entering in of the numbers. Yeah. How much yeah. did you spend? What did you spend it on? And what's right. the total at the end of the month? Yep. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, you know, if if you're a pretty small, like I'm, I'm a one person operation, one or two people at the most. So I get pretty aggressive with my expenses, you know, and the worst thing that's going to happen, don't worry about it. But the worst thing that's going to happen is if you get audited, they're going to say, well, you looks like you bought three reams of paper. Can you prove that you used all that in your business? No, I can't. I took one out and handed it to my wife for her office. Okay. What are you going to, what do I owe you? Dollar 98? You know, yeah. it's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, and, you know, I happen to work out of my house. Uh, so guess what? I detail and progress pays me rent. And right, so that's, that that's space. right off the top for the office yep. space and, and the shop space. Yeah, you've got to be able to look at those things because people don't realize that they can count that. Let's say that your room, you're in a, your room you're in is 10 by 10. You can count that square footage. If you use your garage to detail and you're an at-home yeah. business, that portion of your garage, especially if you're doing details five days a week, that whole side of your garage is considered a business expense. Right. And and again, when I when you get audited, is if you have your ducks in a row, 
It, it literally is not scary at all. They come in no. and they're, they try to be intimidating, but if you have all your ducks in a row, they, and we're talking about tons of money, right? We're talking about lots and lots of money that you're concerned about. If you've got all your expenses and you've got all your income and you know where you're, what you're doing, you just sit through it. They ask you a few questions. They ask you to produce a bunch of reports. You produce it for them. Usually they walk you through it. And it's not it's not as scary right. as it sounds. And, and those times that you were audited, those were per, for pretty big companies. The, so, one of them it, was for Zenware. One of them was for Zenware, uh, yes. Okay. Well, so, yeah. uh, I got to tell you guys, I mean, um, again, I'm not an expert, but the IRS is so backlog and stuff they have to do. If you've got a small detail operation, <laughs> yes. I wouldn't worry about it. On the other hand, don't do stuff that's right flags. You don't want to do yeah. stupid things. But on the other hand, you can get kind of aggressive with your expenses, you know, and, and you're, you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. Now, we've just spoken about all the expenses. Then you get into all the income, too. So one of the ways I like to separate my income is from different categories. Now, my business is a little bit different than most because I also provide training and consulting, and it's about 50-50. So I'm still working on vehicles, but I'm also got this other side. So that's one split right away. I want to see how much money I'm making from the training and consulting side and a different you know, set of expenses for that. <clears throat> and then also from the detailing side. Now, in your business, that might be a matter of you offer a couple of very different services like paint protection film and detailing. So you sort of have a separate record for each one of those. Um, but those income categories too, for example, I like to track how much income I'm getting from my different referral sources, maybe from Yelp, maybe from Nextdoor, maybe from Laytip uh, or from, um, you know, whatever other uh, sources. Um, you know, how much income am I getting from headlight repair, from wind windshield repair, from wheel repair, and from, you know, from more recently from ceramic coatings. Because that, you can go back and look at that and say, wow, I'm making a lot of money on this one area. Maybe I should focus my marketing on that and do more of that because it doesn't take me a long time to do it and I get a lot of money for it. Right. But and if, if you're you doing this, record, you can't make those decisions. Right. And I was going to say, if you're doing this right, um, my best example of this is a guy that wanted to purchase his shop. Um, he was yes. renting the back half of a shop. He was in the back. So from the street view, you saw the front half he wasn't renting. And the, the current renters of the front half of that shop were not taking care of it. And so it looked bad, but he had no control over it. They exited, and he didn't want somebody else crappy to get in there. He wanted to buy the whole building. And what we did is we went through, and we got all of the high profitability services, ceramic coatings, three-step corrections, anything that had a higher profit margin – and we put together a report, um, and in this case, it was out of RoadFS, but again, there's other ways to do that. But he, we took a report out of RoadFS, we handed it out his, to his bank, and he was able to secure a loan to buy the whole building because he tracked his services. Right. It wasn't because he did anything funky. We never talked to an accountant. We didn't talk to a bookkeeper. He called me on the phone. He said, dude, what do I need to do? We put together some reports and sent it off to the bank. And there's massive advantages to doing this. If you if you want to become a distributor in your area and you need to show a certain amount of profit, if you want to do some other kinds of things, you have that data to do that if you're if you're doing your bookkeeping the right way. Yes, that, that's really an important point. There are um, great benefits to having good records, and you just nailed one of them. What if you need to take out a business loan? What if you're ready to expand or take that jump from 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 one area to a larger area? Uh, from mobile to fixed location or from one fixed location to a larger one. But if you don't have your numbers, the bank's not even going to pay attention to you. They want to see uh, documented 
what your income has been, what your expenses are. Um, and, you know, we've we've had a lot of opportunities in the last couple of years to to get some grants and loans from the federal government. Well, part of the reason I was able to secure some of those and, and several of them have been forgiven. I had numbers on paper yeah. and I could document yeah. that, you know, it's exactly uh, right. Yeah. But if I didn't have all that, um, you know, in a, in a software program, um, it, it would have been really difficult to take advantage of that. So there's that. Then, you know, for those of us who want to take the traditional um, the traditional path of creating a business, scaling it, making it large enough and profitable enough where somebody might be interested in buying it. OK, there's that end goal that end game, how do you get out of business? Some people, everybody talks about getting into business, but there's also the question of how are you going to get out of it? How are you going to sunset it? And if you don't have good books, you're not going to be able to sell your business. Right, yes. right. Because the first thing that somebody that's interested in your business wants to know is they say, give me a P&L, show me, you know, your highest profit. Three years of balance year, Three years of balance yeah. sheets. And you can produce, if you've got it right, you can produce all that stuff. Piece um, of cake. And, and you've okay. got to be able to know how to read it, too. So yeah. one thing you need to do, regardless if you're having somebody else do your books, is spend the amount of time. It's a very small amount of time. Just how to read a, a P&L statement. Right. Um, and go in and look at things like profit margin, right? People don't understand, well, uh, my profit margin's high. I mean, I, I, you know, I charge $900 for a three-step and a coating. Well, go out and look what you're actually spending. You had to buy a polisher. You had to do $3,500 worth of training. You have these chemicals. You have these rags. You have a shop. You have this extractor. You have monthly expenses. Monthly expenses. You're not making as much margin as you think, especially if you're not putting your consumables into the price of that. Yes. Right? And we were talking, we're talking with a client this morning who's trying to figure out how to track not only the consumables, but the amount of time they're spending so that they can, they can look at their, their employees and say, this employee took, you know, 1.5 hours on this service where this employee over here takes three and a half. And it's not that he's getting rid of these employees. It's just that this employee is more profitable on that type of work. Right. And it, those little adjustments, and I call it a dialing it in or adjusting the knobs, right? It's the Wizard of Oz guy. You're back there adjusting all the That's knobs. Right. You've got to adjust those dials and knobs. And if that means, hey, on a on an interior repair, I know that I trash a bunch of Terry towels when I'm, you know, try folding it and going through the carpet. And I'm going to trash these towels. Charge the price of that towel in the service. Even if you even if you use that towel on multiple cars, charge the price of the towel on that service. Pay for it up front. Um, You'll, you'll just be amazed at how much easier it is to cover your cost when you got a dollar nineteen per service because you're covering the cost of a towel. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's there's two kinds of expenses. One is, and you've mentioned both of them. One is is a concept called cost of goods sold. So cost of goods sold are those things that you use to perform the service. Or it might be maybe there's some part that you had to buy. I do a lot of bumper repair. The other day I replaced a bumper on a car. So the purchase of that part from my supplier is a cost of goods sold. That directly gets passed on to the customer. That's different than like monthly expenses like the cost of my cell phone, rent, electricity, all that. There's two different categories. So that's an important one to, to separate. And I've actually got in one of my manila folders is COGS, cost of goods sold. Every time I buy detailing supplies, every time I buy towels, every time I buy, you know, uh, parts for the customer that I'm going to apply every time if I fill up their car with gas, that's a cost of goods sold. So that's that I have to take that out of my profit it comes out right away. 
So then I know how much money I'm actually making on that job. And then you take the expenses out and you get into sort of, you know, your monthly expenses. And then you get into sort of the uh, uh, what's our P&L, what's our profit and loss across the, the entire month. Um, and I always like to go back to the person that's kind of new in the business because I think it's some I, I always want to capture all, everybody that's on this 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 uh, uh, podcast. And there's a lot of people that are probably on this podcast that are just starting out. And they're like, how do I get started with all that? Again, it can be as simple as a notebook with pencil and paper yeah. and columns, a lot of the different categories we've spoken about. And then eventually you, you want to translate that into software, whether it's Zenware or QuickBooks or whatever you want to use or having a bookkeeper do it. Um, you want to get it more professionally done. Um, but start out with something that helps you understand, you know, it, it's, it's fun, but it's not fun to be talking to somebody that's starting out and they're washing cars like crazy and you actually do the numbers with them and say, okay, how much are you charging? Well, I'm charging $35 and I'm spending this much time and I've got all these expenses and you, you come out with, you're making $7 and 25 cents an hour, mm -hmm. but they've never done that because they don't know how to do those numbers. So you got to learn how to do that. Now, as you get more and more sophisticated in your business, yes, you want to consult with people. Sometimes you may have business friends. Like if you if you go to the Chamber of Commerce, there might be somebody that has a regular legitimate business that does all this stuff that is willing to sit down with you for an hour at lunchtime. Meals and entertainment expense, by the way, um, and 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 show you how to do that. You don't have to spend hundreds, thousands of dollars to learn how to do it. And SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, is a great place to take a basic yeah. accounting class. Yeah, it might even be absolutely. worth going just to the local, um, you know, night school at uh, your community college. They probably have, you know, a three or four week course talking about basic accounting, if for nothing else, so you understand what those professionals are going to do. Yep. And that's what I, it, you know, here's going to be one of those aha moments for everybody. Anytime you've ever heard somebody say in my business, I have to cover the cogs, cost of goods sold. So right. you've heard this term before, you just never knew what it was maybe. Right. But that's, that is, I think a key is that people look at their, their hourly rate, what they're making, and they don't take into account that they're also spending. Um, and they don't understand why can't I make it work? Well, because, you know, it doesn't matter if you're making $999,999, if you're spending Nine hundred ninety-eight thousand. You're making a thousand bucks. You it, you're not making yeah. any money if you're not covering both ends of that. And so, yeah. Well, so let's talk about. Uh, go ahead. No, it's, yeah, I think one of the mistakes that especially new business owners do is they are not tracking their true costs. Right. Mm -hmm. They're going. Hey, I got in five hundred dollars here. I got in three hundred dollars here. I got, you know. 250 over here, I have $1,250 that I get to pay myself, right? And that, that is a very common mistake. You know, it's like the, the money's coming in, so that's coming to me. Right. But when you take the time to really look at and track back to customer <clears throat> records, your personal records, and, and really get into the habit of being diligent about tracking your true costs, your true money coming in, it allows you to go to look at and go, yeah, I am profitable and this amount of money I can set aside for me, mm -hmm. right? Instead of just taking it all in at the, at first and going, well, where'd all my money go? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a common mistake to think, wow, that's great. I just made $600 today. No, you didn't. Your company made $600 today. 
you have to take all the expenses out uh, from that 600 bucks and whatever's left over, you may get a portion of that. That's yeah. an important number to know. And if you have a certain lifestyle that you're that you're looking out for, you have to kind of do reverse mathematics on that and say, well, if my if if my lifestyle costs a thousand dollars a day, how much money do I need to make on top of that in my company before I can pay all the expenses and then give myself a thousand dollars a day payroll? Okay, exactly. you have to look at it backwards. That's exactly. an important one. So you know, keeping track of all these numbers, there's a number of benefits that, that you're going to get out of it. We've spoken loosely about some of those. One of them is that you can monitor your expenses. So, for example, at the end of the year, I like to do a, a P&L for the whole year, and I'll just look through the different categories, and I might look at something like mobile communication costs. Well, why the heck is that so expensive? And then I'll take that one and say, okay, I'm going back to my mobile carrier, or maybe I'm changing carriers. I got to knock that number down because it's costing me a whole lot of money, or I'm spending a ton on... Um, uh, tire dressing. It could be tire dressing. Well, what's the reason for that? Did the cost of tire dressing go up? Well, yeah, it did. Or maybe we're spilling it or maybe we're not diluting it correctly or something. You can look at those numbers, but if you don't have records of those expenses, you can't look at them and see where you're spending money. Maybe your electricity bill is through the roof. Okay. Part of that, you know, our electricity just doubled here in San Diego. Thank you very much. We have great weather, but we pay for it. Um, it's not because we're all using more, it's because they just double the rates. But maybe it's because um, somebody's not using equipment correctly or they're leaving the equipment on, right. or we need to change out the lights in the shop to, to LED yep. lights that cost two cents an hour to run, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yep. And it allows you to, when you're tracking it, it allows you to actually cut down expenses, right? One of the things that yep. I've had to do in, in a past life was they would come to us in corporate America and they'd go, okay, hey, you had a great year. I want you to cut your expenses by 10%. That seems really scary. But when you can go in and you can track those categories and you look at a category and you go, well, that's easy. I can just cut out 5% off of this category and that pulls most right. of it out. So right. you can make goals for yourself and pull stuff out of there or you can increase on the other side. So you right. can start charging $1.26 for the use of that rag, and that will cover that expense. So you can start making your business where you control it. The whole reason behind accounting and money is so you can control your business. Right. Yeah. And on the income side, you can find out where you're making most, most of your money um, per hour. You know, what's the most profitable, yep. say, the, the highest income category that has the least amount of expense. And maybe you focus your marketing on that one area so that your whole business makes more money um, over time. And another thing you can do is find out where, where you have wasteful income. Yes. Okay? Uh -huh. This is a big one. So yeah, my bread and butter is washing cars all day long, but it turns out that it costs me a lot of money to wash cars all day long. So I need, eat to, need to either increase the price dramatically on car washes and guess what? Uh, I just did this at a, at a location. They had three levels of interior service, interior detail service, three different interior details. Now, most of us can look at that right away and say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, they were afraid to get rid of the lower ones because a lot of people like those. Of course they like those. They were the cheapest. Right. So I said, you get rid of two of these and have only one interior service because this is the way we do it. Gosh darn it. And, and yeah, you're going to lose half your customers because they're going to be pissed off. Guess what? You're going to make all that money back on the people that pay the, the highest price on that one interior right, service. Right. They were chasing bad money. 
They were yes. chasing bad income because it felt like it was necessary bread and butter. Well, guess what happened? They actually didn't lose half their customers. I prepared them for that because I've seen that happen before, but they only lose a very small fraction of their customers, maybe 10%. It's easier for the salespeople to sell. The, the detailers love it because they don't have to know three ways to do it. And they don't have to end up doing the big one anyway because yep. they can't stand leaving stuff behind. And, and they're making tons more money on their interior detailing than they ever did. So yeah. what we did is we looked at the numbers and said, oh, well, you're, you're making all this money on these bottom two, but they're, they're not really serving you. Yeah. So yep. you can find out where you're wasting, you have wasteful income. Yep. We, we actually did that in the software side. We have, you know, we have a bunch of different lines of business. One of those is custom software. And I looked at a chart from last year, and there's a certain category that we did not have one customer. We cut it. Just that fast, gone. Yeah. There's no. It's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Nobody's using it. It's done. We're out. Yeah. And I think exactly. people don't look at that enough. Um, actually, one of the best examples is in California. We were there. We were at a 3D supply store, and there were guys coming in and buying their DI water. Right. Great big truck, bunch of water in the back, and they were complaining about the price of water. And one of the suggestions, which was beautiful, it's like the guy said, "Well, then, if you're complaining about water, focus on customers that allow you to hook up to their water." Exactly. Don't, don't don't come by the water if that's your biggest problem. If that's your biggest expense, then figure out a way, different way to do it. Rent a shop. No, if you're spending I'll, more I'll money buying you, water, rent a shop. I'll tell you a little secret about detail and progress. I've been going to people's houses since 1994, even before that. And almost every time they say, there's the spigot and there's the outlet. And I've never had anybody one time say, well, where's your giant water tank? How come you don't have a 3,000 uh, uh, generator? Nobody ever said a word about it. They were they were absolutely happy for me to hook up to their water and their power. Okay, so do I want to take advantage of that? Of course not. That's different, though. I go to retail customers' house. I'm going to homes. Very mm -hmm. different than if you're doing service in an office complex where you got to bring your own water, yeah. and DA water is the way to go for yeah. sure. I totally well, the get The key it. to that is to put the price of that water in the service. Correct. Prioritize it Correct. out. How much Make water sure do you use per car and then add it to your services? Make sure that you're charging for the fact that you're bringing the car wash or the detail shop to the customer. That's part of the value of, of it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So you got to look at those income categories and, and figure out how much each one of those income categories is costing you and see if there's th changes you need to make in your uh, services in your menu so that your income is, is your profitability for each service is much higher than it was before. Right. Um, and sometimes, sometimes that's just a matter of increasing prices. And yeah, some people are going to be pissed off. Oh, well, uh, one of the things you can do is, is, is when you make a significant price increase, it's only for new customers and you grandfather your old customers right. for a while. So they don't feel like you betrayed them. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, honestly, uh, most of your customers, if they're reasonable people, they understand that everything is going up. Everything is more expensive. And for me to operate a business and be there every time you call me, I have to make a certain amount of money. I'm not, you know, I'm not living a lavish lifestyle. It's just, I, I want to be able to take care of my family. Yeah. yeah. So, and most people are reasonable about that if they know yeah. that's what you're doing. I mean, if you've ever leased a building, the lease increases every single year. That's yeah. just part of it. It's built in. You sign a lease, it's going to go up every single year. Yeah. And so. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, um, she, this whole idea about keeping cash separate, um, I, if you ever want to have a business loan or sell your business, um, you really need to keep a record of all your income, all the different sources that it comes from. Right. 
it, you know, if somebody pays me 400 bucks for a job, yeah, I might set that aside somewhere every once in a while, but I don't make a habit of it. Um, I, I like to record all of that income uh, for the most part, because that shows that shows me really honestly what my business is doing. If you're keeping cash separate, um, you're never really going to understand what your business is doing and what it's capable of doing. You, you know, all these benefits we talked about, you, you you can't you can't know about it because you're paying cash. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that are trying to do that with the assumption that taxes are so high, which they they are. But at the same time, you got to build that into your business model. You're going to pay taxes. You're not going to avoid it. Um, right. And just, you know, like we've talked about at the beginning of this, I think it was the very first installment of Business 101. Just be a legitimate business. Be person, legitimate. The license, pay the taxes and move on. It feels so good, too. You don't have that onus on your back of always worrying about, you know, how, how can I cheat here and how can I cheat there? It's like, look, this is my business. And then you can proudly and confidently go to your customers, especially the ones that might be complaining about your price and say, look, everything's legitimate about my business. I'm all I'm in compliance. I have my licensing. I have my insurance. Uh, I record everything. You can pay me cash if you want, but it goes into the business, all that kind of. In fact, sometimes people say, hey, I'm going to bring you cash. Say, you can write me a check. It doesn't matter. I got a lot of bills to pay. <laughs> and yeah, if, exactly. you're, if you're expensing correctly and recording all your expenses, even if it's a little bit aggressive, okay, um, if you don't like the term aggressive, we can say assertive. If even if it's a little bit <laughs> assertive, you know you, you're going to be able to get all that back. You don't have to worry about it because you're making sure that your expenses are recorded, so that you, you can legitimately take it off the top, so your taxes aren't as much. Yep, I, I think one of the things that business owners should do at the beginning of their business, especially their first year of business. Um, is they need to spend a little time talking to a tax accountant, right, and or, and or an accountant. And the reason why is one of the critical things about setting up your business is you need to understand, are you going to record your income on cash basis mm -hmm. or a cool oh, yeah. basis? Yep. Yep. And that is really, really critical. P new business owners don't understand that there's a difference in a way that you report your income. And they have significant impacts on your tax ramifications. Mm -hmm. So at the very beginning of your business, make sure to spend you know, $150, $200, Whatever sit it is. down with somebody and say, look, how do I set up my accounting correctly so that I can leverage right. the tax benefits in a year. And it, can have, yeah. it can have amazing impacts later on down the line. So if you're doing it on a cash basis, whenever you write a check or, or make a payment for an expense, it gets recorded on that date. Um, if you're doing accrual or and whenever you get income, it gets recorded on that date. When you're doing accrual, correct me if I'm wrong, accrual is you may say, um, so and so owes me a thousand dollars, but I'm not getting it until next month. Correct. Bring it in now. Correct. It's 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 gonna come. Right. And yeah. so you don't they, with a cash basis. If I if I invoice you tomorrow for twelve thousand dollars, the easiest way to describe it is on cash. As soon as I write that invoice, the government thinks that money's in my pocket. And there's definitely reasons you want to do that. There are tax benefits to doing that. 
But at the same time, you have not collected that money yet, and so therefore you're going to be paying taxes on something you haven't collected. That, yeah. So yeah. that accrual can really because that's a cruel. That's a cruel. That's, that's sorry. A cruel. That's a cruel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the, the cruel is when you write the invoice. Yes. Or, when I write an invoice, you have accrued that expense or that income that I have that money, even though yeah. I haven't gotten it. I might not yeah. get it for sixty right. days. So that's and good. That's going to be good for. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think that's going to be good for. If you're selling a lot of products and, and yes, not yes, yes. rule is going to be better for you. If you're just doing service, mostly service, 90% service, yeah, you're going to do a cash yes. is probably cash. fine. Cash yes, is exactly. king, and, that, and that's what you want to do if you're doing that. But it's there, there are reasons to do it. But again, this is why you talk to a CPA or an accountant. Right. And the cool and thing about is, cash basis is at the end of the year, you can accelerate your expenses for the next year. Exactly. Correct. You pay, pay a couple extra month of whatever. You know, in December, because you figure out, wow, I made a lot of money this year. I better knock that. I better knock my profit march down a little bit. Yep. You can't do that with accrual. <laughs> you do no. it the other way with accrual. So at the end of the year, I can put in a great big order for something. And I've, you know, yes, it's it, there's benefits both ways. Right. And again, make sure you check to, with your tax professional to see the best way to do it for you. And um, because it can bite you if you've done it the wrong way. They're all fixable. Even if you've done the wrong way, you can refile sure. and all that kind of stuff. But um, you want to make sure that you are setting up the business the way you want it to be set up for now and in the future. You know, in the if you plan on in the future opening up two separate locations and Prentice and I are in business together and eventually we're going to split off and he's going to have his and I'm going to have mine, there may be a different way you want to do the accounting from the very beginning. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and if you're doing anything like partnerships, man, you better get some serious advice on that. That can get messy really, really quick. Oh gosh, yes. I've seen some some people here in San Diego, good friends of mine who did business partnerships. And, oh, what a mess it's it can turn out to be. Yep, and that's why quick. you know for us we have we have, the business is a separate entity. You want to keep it. You want to yes. keep it away from your personal stuff. You want to have it as its own thing. It has its own life. It has it breeds its own stuff, and it. It's not part of you personally. And so it's yeah, and that's people. What, that's where you get into, um, you know, forming a corporation of some um, yep. of some sort. And it kind of depends on how much money you're making and how much real real prop real property you have. Yes. So, for example, yes. um, it, back in the day when I formed a corporation is because my tax preparer said, look, you're at the point now where you're making X number of dollars an hour. I mean, X number of dollars a year in in profit. You're, you're reaching that threshold where it, you can get some serious tax benefits by forming a corporation spending at that time it was like a thousand bucks to, to form a corporation. Um, but those tax savings are tremendous. Yeah. And then also uh, my business is now removed from me. It is a separate entity. So if the worst thing happens and somebody wants to sue the pants off of me related to something in the business, they're going to sue the entity, not me personally. So yeah. that means my home, my assets are all protected because they're going after the entity, not the person. Yeah. Correct. And in the, in the worst, worst case scenario, you could shut down, you know, uh, detail in progress. And tomorrow you could open detail in progress to doing businesses, detail in progress, <laughs> and you'd be right back in business. And I mean, that's right. a totally legitimate thing to do. But it is because, something to consider, especially if you're starting to make a lot of money and you're starting, you have some real yes. property, you know, it yeah. really makes a lot of, a lot of difference. I mean, the amount of money I've saved, saved in self-employment taxes uh, over the last 20 years or whatever it's been is incredible. That's an incredible savings because I have a corporation that pays me. I'm not a sole proprietor. 
Right, and the, and the money that you pay yourself is an expense to the business. So Correct. So one major reason to do that is because Correct. now that, that's an expense. It's we keep having meetings about this St. Clair guy. Listen, yeah, St. Right. Clair. Yeah, you know, exactly. You need to speed up a little bit or do something, and we're really getting upset with you, pal. And all, what about all these trips you're taking? I don't understand. Well, I know. Well, you see, what I'm actually doing is, yeah. Well, and, and that's why keeping good records, you know, and we talked about that last in the last episode, you know, keeping good records of not only your customers, but also your business of how you're moving your expenses really play into a part of your bookkeeping and accounting and bringing those to your CPA so that yeah. you can strategically move in your business. So all of these lessons are running uh, in together. So we invite you to go back and check out the rest of them because we're building on each episode to help you guys better align your business for success. Correct. But yeah, lots of information and there's lots of inf information to learn too. I'm not an absolute business expert. This is a lot of this is from experience and talking with other people. One thing that we forgot to mention, very, very important, even if you're just starting out, open up a separate business checking account for your business. Oh, run yes. your income through there and all your expenses through there. That makes it so much easier. You can't co-mingle. It just makes it so difficult for your CPA. And, you know, if you're audited, it just makes it really difficult for any of these benefits. You can't take advantage of them if you're mixing together. And here's another thing. Get a separate credit card for your business. Yes. Hopefully it'll be attached to your checking account at the same bank and charge everything. Hopefully it gets points. Get one that gets points and just designate it for your detail business and then charge everything on that. It makes your record keeping easier because you have it all in one statement and you're at least you're making points on it. Yeah. Friend of mine's an audiologist. They spend tens, twenties of thousands of dollars on audiology equipment every, every uh, month. Guess how they take their vacations? Zero right. expense because yeah, no. all that's points, 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 points. Yeah. And, and, and that, I think that is a really, really a key is, you know, get, get that separate account, separate yourself from the business, even though you're part of it, even though you may be selling yourself and it may be yeah. odds detailing, yeah, that's okay. That's a business name and it has its, its own fun. life and you want to keep it separate because yes. eventually you want to do something different with this. There's a lot of people that go into the idea that this is going to be my business and I'm part of it and I'm selling myself and I'm the brand. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you want to be able to be separated from that and having your own account um, where make, you can make it a business account. So it's yes. legit. So, yes. and so, and you might have to pay some money on that. You know, um, I will tell you, I'm a big fan of smaller local banks because a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll do all, they'll bend over backwards to get your business because yep. they like supporting local businesses. And, yep. you know, hopefully your, your local uh, uh, bank people in the, on that staff are using you in your business. I actually have business with two different banks. The one, the, the manager uses me several times a year. And just today I went in there to deposit the check and the gal that took my check said, Hey, can you come look at something on my car? There you go. The other bank actually doesn't do any business with me at all. They've never done a, a lick of business. So guess where I'm going to take my money out and go somewhere else. Forget right. it. But small, ba small banks are cool because you may get that business checking account at no charge. And yeah. then you can also call them and say, oh, crap, you know, I made a mistake in my accounting. 
and it looks like a check's coming in today. Um, can, oh, can, can you help me? Can you cover it until I get there with my deposits at yep. the end of the day? Yep. Those little touches. Well, you try to do that, the big banks forget it. They're just, that's, yeah. that's nice. Nice. Thanks for yeah. calling. Click. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing there, as you mentioned, is you want to have a business banking account because you go to a different level. You don't go to the main teller. I mean, you made a deposit a check, but you have a business banking representative that's there looking out for you. We had a similar right. situation that that happened one time, and we were going to be short five figures because of a problem wow. and i literally texted my guy and i said this is unacceptable and they are they're two vps from that bank were at our front door the next morning at eight o'clock and ensuring us they were going to take care of it we've got you completely covered it's our mistake there's not a problem but if you just have a regular checking account that's not going to happen that's on you yeah so go get a business account and when you say yeah. the word aggressive I, yes you need to be you need to be very assertive in your banking needs and in your accounting needs as to what your expectations are so that they're met by the people that are doing it for you and with you. Correct. Yep, absolutely. Well, Prentice, we want to thank you so much. Uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. You know, there's so much information, especially in this episode and the one leading up to it. So we invite you to go back Please go subscribe. You go out to YouTube. Just search for RotaFest. There's a Business 101 series. Connect with Prentice St. Clair, Detail Academy, Detail in Progress. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. And, of course, he's a PNS Detail trainer extraordinaire. Yep. Or you can get a hold of us. Either way, we can get you hooked up with what you, who you need to get to. You know, either Rod Pusey or Jody Cedric on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you need to do. And, literally, if you're seeing this and you can't figure out how to get a hold of us, that you just <laughs> there's links right there all over everywhere there's all kinds of stuff you'll, you'll get a hold of us because i think the hardest part is some people are embarrassed to reach out just reach out it yeah. doesn't make any difference yeah. reach out and so ask you, a question was, yeah so all those young art entrepreneurs out there just starting out you know you've got questions i i encourage you to contact me directly either by phone or by email I'd love to talk with you. Don't be embarrassed about it. I did all, I made all the mistakes. I did all the little stuff and, and now I'm doing the bigger stuff. So, you know, that's, that's what I'm here for. My, my mission in detail and progress on the training side is to increase the profitability of the automotive reconditioning industry through impassioned training and consulting. So that's what I'm here yep. for. So call out. That's yep, awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. And we will uh, check you same time, same bat channel just next week, right here on Road Effect. Same bat time, same right. bat channel. That's right. If we're <laughs> back in 1969, same bat right, time, baby. same bat channel. Just got climbing up that wall, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's dating us. Yeah, for you, you younger guys, go YouTube Batman. Batman, so. Batman the TV series. That's, right. Right. that's right. Well, you guys have a great day, and we'll check you next time. Bye. Bye.